0: Does the story work? That's the question, isn't it? Welcome to the StoryGrid Showrunner podcast, dedicated to answering this question by using the StoryGrid method developed by Sean Coyne. Every season, Melanie, Perule, and I will dissect a hit TV series to figure out what works or doesn't work and why. So if you're a writer or an editor and you can carve about 20 minutes out of your busy schedule, push your computer back, pop on the kettle, as Perule would say, and join us as we learn how to make a better story. Two warnings, though. This is an adult conversation, so we may use adult words, and we'll be talking about plot points from the Killing Eve television series, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to watch it before listening further. Now, let's get on with the show. I have to kill you, I'm really sorry, I have to got
1: Welcome to episode two. In today's uh, episode, we'll be talking about the five commandments. In the first episode, I've said the word episode a lot of Killing Eve. So just to recap, we're going to be looking at episode one of Killing Eve. But yes, this is our second podcast. Um, it's a really powerful first episode, and Randall is absolutely desperate to talk about what happens. Take it away, Randall.
0: All right. I'm. Um, I, like I won't say desperate, but we have to have some disagreements I'd say, I'd say of what happened or something.
1: I'd say, I'd say desperate
0: so we got some excellent assassins assassinations uh we got a lot of killing great thriller start we got a bored mi5 employee who's not really satisfied with their job and we got a a scene where the assassin the hunter meet and then uh i I know as, as the start spartans would say in the movie 300 it's a good start um we got uh Eve called to a, a late, not a late or a Saturday meeting about a killing that, has, that went on. There, uh, they need to uh, protect a, a girlfriend that was left alive, and we got uh, Villanelle killing everybody on multiple countries. And uh, then Eve gets fired at the end, and uh, then she gets met by Caroline. Caroline to talk about maybe some future employment. And that's how that whole uh, episode runs. Yeah, that's a,
1: that's a good summary. You had a lot more in your notes, but I actually quite like this first one too. What's interesting is when we t- when we talk about what this episode is about, we see it from Eve's point of view. Because actually it's sort of, although Villanelle is obviously key, we always see it from the protagonist's point of view, which is debatable who the protagonist yeah. is. We'll discuss that in other episodes, but... We always start off with the concept of Sandra O. Oh, Eve going into that meeting and wanting to voice her opinion, wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen. And then by the end of it, she definitely is seen and heard because someone from M.I. Six knocks on her door.
0: See, and and, and the, when you mentioned that before, I I, I was woke, but um, you know, initially I was just I was I wasn't seeing women men. I was just seeing a board employee. Um, and then also uh, just to bring something else up uh, in the book, the Caroline um, character is actually a man. So somewhere along the line, they decided it was a good idea to make the uh, super, superior, Eve mm, superior. That's interesting. I mean,
1: actually this brings me to that conversation I had with Luke Jennings, the author, when he came to the, the London Writers' salon and he was saying how he wanted to turn this genre on its head. And that's why he had a female assassin who would push the limits of what you'd expect an assassin to be like or even what an antagonist might look like. So he was saying that he wanted to move away from the Bond-type figures. And what's interesting is he did that and then you give that to Phoebe Waller-Bridge and in the TV series, she does that even more.
0: Yep, definitely. And she brings other characters in there too that aren't in the book. She brings, uh, I forget, what's the name of the... Dick Swab? No, the other girl. Oh, the um,
1: girl. oh I love her. I've forgotten her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's quite funny as well. The one who brings the croissant in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I was actually, when we, before when we were just going over what this um, what happens in this episode, I was just thinking to myself, that's a lot to happen in one episode for an opening episode. It's bloody powerful.
0: No, there is a lot of stuff going on. Let's In fact, let's get into it. So, uh, Five Commandments. So, this week, we're going to talk about the Five Commandments of Episode 1. Um so there's five elements that if you're a story grid nerd, there's, we, we all know the five elements to build a scene that should be in every scene, every chapter, every episode, uh, the inciting incident, the turning point, progressive complication, the crisis, the climax, and the resolution. So let's start with the inciting incident, which is the big scene that kicks off the story. It's, the, it's the, the punch in the gut to the reader or viewer to get them excited. Uh, so the inciting incident can be either causal or or coincidental. And uh, the causal is a result of an active choice by the character. Coincidental is an event that's unexpected, random or accidental. And so the, the inciting incident for episode one, Peru's is going to discuss that.
1: Yeah. So the inciting incident for the first episode um, is when the MI5 members are called in on a Saturday to discuss the assassination in Vienna. So it's MI6 talking to MI5. Sandra O, that character is pulled in along with her team And that's the inciting incident. And it's a causal scene because actually what's happened in the background, which we don't see, is the unknown assassin who's made a choice to kill her victim. But there are a few things I want to say about this really quickly. And it's one that the inciting incident doesn't have to be in the first scene. And we know that. We see that in Killing Eve. We see that. So we know, for example, that the inciting incident is a thing that sort of upends the state of normal. But what's interesting, what I love about Killing Eve, is the state of normal is actually kind of it's funny and horrifying at the same time so we have two things we have the state of normal is a slightly disheveled mi5 agent who wakes up screaming um actually because she's been sleeping on her arms and then we introduced this really beautiful woman eating ice cream watching a little girl um trying to make her smile so villanelle's there beautiful woman eating ice cream trying to make a little girl smile and she just can't because she basically can't empathize with people she can't empathize with humans with other humans um And then she finally gets the girl to smile at her by copying what the waiter does. Then she looks back at her watch and there's a suspicious red mark on it, walks out the cafe on on her way, tips the ice cream into the little girl's lap. So she's beautiful, but there's something not quite right. And then the last part, the last thing I want to say is that actually what's great about the first episode is within the first five minutes, we know um, that there's been an assassination and that a high-profile Russian politician was Killed and we know the details of it. It's quick. They lead us into the action so quickly. That's what I love about the inciting
2: incident. I just want to add, like, the first scene um, that we are introduced to the series is with in that ice, ice cream parlor. And that scene takes up one minute 30. And it's not happening. There's really no, nothing happening in that scene. You just see her watching that girl, watching the waiter. And you just... Wait for like, okay, what's going on here? And then you have this really great payoff. That's true. Before um, tipping over the ice cream. And I just wanted to uh, add, because I'm German, I want to add something. You see Villanelle coming out of that um, building. It says, Ice Café Schleckeria. I- <laughs> Schleckeria. First, it's, it's spelled wrong. There's a C missing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But, um, the most interesting part about that, um, that location is that there really exists, um, an ice parlor, Schleckeria in Vienna. And in 2011, it was the subject of a murder investigation <gasps> because, um, there were two male bodies were found there oh. who were cut to pieces. Why? So it's like how did you I do, didn't do
0: that research?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just searched for Schleckeria <laughs> in, in Vienna. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to add this because I thought it's like great to see another form of assassination Ugh, up put into this yeah. story. Yeah, that was,
0: yeah. I, I didn't notice the I didn't notice the red dot on the on the watch. because I'm, I'm a guy and I don't I'm not I guess, or something. But uh, uh, one other, one last thing I want to do before we move on to the turning point is. Uh, is talk about uh, the 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 book. Uh, the book is once again is it she's a the villain. a psychopath, and it's all throughout the book. The the author is you. It's very obvious, but it's all internal. It's it's her thinking about things in a weird way that make her a psychopath. So the series, and I, I mentioned this in the last episode, the series has to show her as a psychopath, and how are they going to do that? And they did that with this opening scene, right? She's a psychopathic assassin. And she can't relate to the real world, as you mentioned. And 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 this is the the first step. I hope in in the rest of the series where they show little little things she does on every in everyday events where she doesn't react right. Oh, and so I and and, so and I, I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, there's so many. Oh my god, that, you're right. Actually, that's exactly it. There are so many scenes where you know she's just
0: don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. I
1: won't say it. I won't say it. But I mean, I would never go on a date with her. I mean, kind of lethal.
0: I would go on a day with her if I didn't know she was just killing assassin. <laughs> no,
1: we knew. All yeah. right, anyway.
0: <laughs> Second commandment. Progressive complication turning point. Okay. The progressive complication uh, is basically is base is raising the tension of the scene. Uh, and the turning point is the the no turning back moment where the uh, protagonist needs to make a decision and it drives them to the crisis decision, the crisis question for the protagonist. So Perul's is going to walk us through what the turning point for this one is. Yeah.
1: So I'll absolutely do that. But I just want to really super quick mention um, some of the progressive complications. So all the progressive complications are related to the fact that Eve knows that there's a killer on the loose and she's convinced that it's a woman. That's what we find out in the inciting incident. In that, in, those, in that scene with um, Carolyn. Um, the progressive complications are all around the fact that it's not her job and that actually no one seems to be on her side in, in trying to discover who the assassin was, whether it was a woman or not. She ends up going against her team. She ends up having to do things um, undercover, which isn't good for her career. Uh, and actually, the most imp- an important one is the fact that the assassin has left the first victim's girlfriend alive. And that means that Eve has an opportunity to talk to her and investigate her. But that's, that's not good for her because she's not literally allowed to do that. Um, but the turning point complication um, is when Eve is told by her boss, Bill, that there is no CCTV of the first assassination. Because that's something that Eve really wanted to know. She wanted to find out if there was any proof, whether it was a woman or not. But when Bill tells her this, she realises that there might be a mole, an MI5, and so now she thinks actually the assassin might well be a woman. So it's a revelation turning point. Um, and this is what will lead her to the crisis question.
0: I think it's important The one of the things about a turning point is, is you're always thinking when you create your turning points in either uh, you know a screenplay or a book is how difficult would it be for the protagonist to reverse his or her decision or action. And just because of the way the kind of person Eve is, and also because she 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 wants to she wants to be correct. She wants to she 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 was the only person in the room when they said, hey, there's been an assassination. She's like, it's probably a woman. And then they're like, no, it's not a woman. I got CCTV. And she was kind of, you know, her boss, uh, Frank, kind of uh, pushed her, pushed her, pushed her suggestion off. And then now she feels more vindicated that, hey, it probably is a woman. I was probably right. And and now I'm going to pursue this to prove that I was right. So she can't turn back because she has this evidence that she was probably right, and that just the way she is, she's going to go forward with.
1: this. Yeah, as we'll see later episodes, this is what intra- This is what brings her alive. This is what makes her feel alive. Sorry, she feels. Um, she's fascinated by what's happening, as we know in that scene when she says "cool"
2: when she hears that there's been an assassination. Yeah, it finally gives her meaning, a purpose, in, yes. her, in her life. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, uh, third commandment: the crisis. OK, the crisis is an actual question, offers a choice between two options, and it has to be a hard decision for the protagonist. Um, it's either going to move the character closer or further from the internal or external objects of desire, um, usually closer to one and further from the other or vice versa. Uh, the, the, the question should be the best of bad, two bad choices or the best of two bad Good choices, irre- irreconcilable goods is what, what we say in the story grid. Uh, and so in this case, Melanie's going to take us to the crisis.
2: Yeah, the crisis question for Eve is like, does she continue to pursue information about this woman assassin against the orders of her boss or does she not? If she doesn't continue her own investigation, Eve believes the assassin will continue to kill because MI5 is following the wrong clues or, as already mentioned, might have a mole. However, if she continues her own investigation, she find, she would find out more information to stop the assassin, to stop more killings, but she also might get fired and risk losing the last connections she has to an exciting job with possibilities. So for Eve, it's a crisis question that could cost her her job or her morality. Is it
1: morality, though? Is it morality? Because if I think about it, remember that time, uh, it's going to come up soon, where she... She says that if Eve is this uh, sorry, if Villanelle is this good at
2: killing, she deserves to be able to kill. So, is it morality? Is it just sense of justice? I think it's the same crisis question as with Clarice Starling when she is facing like, okay, do I continue my FBI training or do I um, risk getting thrown out of there just to follow my gut instinct because I know I can save another victim? And Eve might be thinking that too—that she, well, she loves.
1: She never, she never, worries about the victim. She all she ever talks about is how, how how long would it take to bleed out, how would you, how would I? And when she asks her husband, how would you kill me? And then she has like a full description of how she would kill him by chopping up a, chopping him up in a blender. I don't. I've never seen her empathize with the victim. Not really. Well, you see it in the hospital scene, like when she, she feel faces it, death the, for the first the, I mean, time. I, does she feel in the way that Clara Starling? It, you can tell she wants to protect the vulnerable. With Eve, I I don't know. Does she want to protect the vulnerable?
0: She should want to. I don't know if 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 we feel that way from the way they presented her in the TV series. I I kind of agree with you, Pearl.
1: I think it's. I mean, so I think we assume that obviously she doesn't.
2: We can watch out for that in the later episodes. I mean,
0: I mean, she never really she she never really says where she's like. She never says. Oh, we got to stop them from killing other from killing. She doesn't like yeah. tell you know tell the audience we need to stop them from killing more people. That never actually comes up.
1: She praises her. I know you're wonderful. I know.
0: And then and then she says like yeah, kills me as you want as long as you don't affect my life because I'm not working for you know. At the end, she's not working for MI five anymore.
2: Right. Yeah, but she will regret that decision by yeah. the later episodes. But we're not going to talk about that. I, I also
0: get the feeling that the, both of those, both of those, Caroline and Eve, neither of them, they're all worried about catching her because they think there's some bigger purpose going, yeah. on, going on out there, but yeah. not necessarily the victims. Yeah. Because the victims are actually, they're not, they deserve yes, it. Of course. The first guy's a human trafficker. Right. The second guy's like a drug lord. So uh, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, but you still have to consider, like, there is a killer on the loose. And, even yeah. innocent people can die because of that killing, and that's not what we will see. But, yet, but we will see. Oh, okay. So maybe I was thinking ahead. Right. So
0: all right, <laughs> let's go into climax. Uh, so <laughs> so climax. Uh, the uh, climax is basically the, the the answer to the question to the crisis question. What what was her decision? So Melanie, take us through the climax. So
2: the question was: Is she a rule breaker or a rule follower? And we see it at the, her, um, her decision is she's a rule breaker. And we see that by two acts she's doing, um, she takes a minor with her to the hospital to interview that, um, that witness. And basically that means she continues to conduct her illegal investigation. And that decision, of course, has consequences, and that leads us to the resolution. So
0: the resolution is crucial for the reader and the viewer in this case uh, to fully metabolize the story. It tells the reader and the viewer what were the results of the decision the character made in the climax and how their worldview has shifted and what's changed in their life. So in this case, in Killing Eve for episode one, the the results are she breaks the rules, uh, people die, and uh, she doesn't fully blame herself because they may have died whether she broke the rules or not. But that's not the way MI5 sees it. They see her as endangering a minor when she brought the, uh, the Polish friend to translate for her. And also uh, all these people died. And then they find out on the side she's investigating. So they're like, hey, you're, too, you're not doing your job. You're doing this other stuff that you weren't asked to do that you're not authorized to do. So they fire her. So the results are she, people died and she got fired.
2: And she starts Villanelle's obsession with her. Well,
0: th- but Villanelle but like, doesn't know would, about her yet. Could we say
2: that? But they meet, and Villanelle is definitely interested in her, or in general yeah. in a woman with curly brown hair. She's the
0: type. But
1: she's the type, yeah. What were you going to say, Pearl? No, no, I was going to save it for, for the next section. I, I was going to talk about the love story.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So, um, so so the only piece that at the end of this episode is there's probably the beginning hook I mean the uh the inciting incident for the next uh episode is when Caroline after she gets fired, Eve goes home, has a cry, and Caroline comes to her door and asks her to go for a it's walk. More
1: specifically it's a bit like this. Hello. Would you like some milk? <laughs>
0: She's like <laughs> She's like, uh oh, uh, uh yeah. No,
1: she says like milk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And she laid that face too. Too bad. They came, too bad our viewers oh, can't I love
1: see it. I love that. I love that. It. So funny.
0: <laughs> so she goes to uh, she goes to the store with Caroline, and Caroline tells her that that uh, the, that they've been tracking this person for a while, and they think she's been involved in multiple killings across the world. And so that kind of vindicates uh, Eve, uh, her thoughts that this is a, a highly highly uh, skilled woman assassin. And uh, and uh, also, she tells her to meet him the next day. So we don't know what's going to happen in the next episode, but you know, there's some hope there that she hasn't been fired or she may do something else.
1: And then well, I was going to say, what's so interesting ahead. about the scene? It wouldn't be quite so much fun if we didn't have Sandra O, oh basically standing there with her jaw like dropped to the floor. She's she's so confused yeah. by what has happened. She, you know, when Caroline knocks on the door, she's in tears, and then next thing you know, it she's in the local news agent. Where Carolyn's saying, actually, we think you're right. It's this assassin has been operating for two years across ten countries, and so we see with with uh, Sandra O, oh, we are just as interested and intrigued, and we know that this could be a great. We sense that this is a great opportunity for Eve.
0: Yep. So, uh, so the value change for this episode, I have as uh, negative to double negative. You know, in the beginning, we have an assassin; they don't know who it is, they don't have any clues, they they they're, they don't know anything about her, and at the end, we have two assassinations plus a, a massacre at the hospital and they still don't know anything and Eve's fired and Eve Eve's fired and she can't actually help with the investigation, even though she probably thinks she's the best qualified. So it's kind of a, like I said, negative to double negative.
1: Interestingly though, obviously we're not going to talk about the other genres too much, but from a worldview perspective, I don't know that that's quite true. No. I feel like Sandra it could be potentially a positive ending.
0: So let's, yeah. I, I, I mean, because she, because she'd get her job back maybe. Is that why? Because she's got the opportunity.
1: She's got a promise of something and it depends on how you look at it. In terms of Sandra O's growth and development, yeah. she's actually finally spoken out. I, I, let's, let's talk about genres. No, no. Uh,
0: well, I don't think we have time to talk about genres today, but uh, we can go into our your final thoughts uh, question for today. So what other movies or TV series have showed creative and explosive assassination attempts? Because what hit me the most on this one was freaking she went to Tuscany with a hairpin, scaled to the second floor like a ninja, because everyone loves that word. And uh, then she goes in there. She, she goes in there. She she finds the, the mafia leader. She takes a hairpin out, stabs him, injects him with poison. He's paralyzed Then mm-hmm. he dies. Uh, and so that's for me, that's a pretty incredible assassination attempt. Uh, something... Uh, I. I Something that reminded me of Gross Point Blank where he's basically drilled a hole into the roof and he's dropping uh, some, some, uh, some poison through the roof trying to get him in the eye. And the guy rolls and he misses the guy's eye and he has to go down there and do some hand-to-hand to kill him. And then uh, I, 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 this isn't an assassination attempt, but as far as uh, taking somebody out in the Presidio, Sean Connery, because everyone loves Sean Connery, takes this guy out with his thumb. Basically, he's like, I'm going to beat your ass with my thumb. And the guy's like, oh, I bet you can't do it. And then he kicks his butt with with just using his thumb. It was pretty awesome. Do you guys have any uh, examples?
1: I'm actually trying to rack my brains. I can't remember the name of the movie. I remember there was a movie where it started with a head being chopped off, um, which was quite dramatic. (laughs) But I can't remember the name of the movie or the characters. That's quite useless. Um, 24. Does 24 have any assassinations within the first? I'm sure it has a lot. Because that's quite... I mean, I remember being hooked to 24 and scared at the same yeah. time.
0: Maybe not the last couple.
1: Also, that um, uh, the other one with um, the same actor, uh, keitha Sutherland, uh, it starts off with an assassination of the entire White House. Um,
0: oh, Survivor. Survivor. Designated Survivor. Yeah. Designated Survivor. I mean,
1: it's not immediate, actually, but it does... Well, yes. I mean, it's maybe not quite as quick. I think this one this assassination is definitely explosive.
2: So assassinations have really become, of famous persons, have really become a trope in stories. We see that a lot. Could be Abe Simpson trying to kill Hitler, but it's prevented by Monty Burns throwing a tennis ball at him. (laughs) We have it like, when you read The Umbrella Academy, Volume 2 Dallas, the whole story is based on on the assassination attempt of John F. Kennedy. And the interesting part is, one and the same man tries to do it and tries to prevent it at the same time. So it's definitely worth looking into, into it.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched that yet.
2: I've watched the well, first one. Well, I was one. referring to the comic book. Ah, I've watched the... There's a, is it on Netflix? I've watched the... It's on Netflix, yeah. Is it, are
1: there more than one season? I think they're filming season yeah, two now. Yeah, two,
0: I think. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's great. It, yeah, it's really powerful as well.
0: Next week, our crew dives into The Five Commandments of Episode 2. Well, that wraps up our episode today. We hope that you have a better understanding of the StoryGrid method and how it's applied to Killing Eve. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review and tell your writer and editor friends about us. For more information, videos, and articles on the StoryGrid process, go to StoryGrid.com. If you want to connect to one of us directly, links to our web pages are in the show notes. The episode clip featured at the beginning was from BBC, and the awesome theme music in the clip comes from the psychotic beats. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.